Extreme Rewind begins just after this. The early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three. Whoa, it is Spokes here once again time for Extreme Rewind. Your weekly look into World Extreme from episode one all the way to 401 from Eastern to Extreme and specials and pay-per-views in between. And this week, we are back looking at ECW after our little hiatus as we popped over to the Fed to watch a little mild invasion. we got yourself, Paul, and I'm joined, as always, by Jay. Head in, Jay. I had a dream. Oh. I dreamed that we'd, I dreamt that we'd gone across and crossed the line into a cartoony, not quite attitude kind of WWF and seen some familiar faces. But I woke up and we were okay, so... It's just Let's talk about ECW. It's just mind games. <laughs> na, 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 na. But on a side note, if you want to hear about mind games in your house and the raw opposite where ECW evade, go back and listen to last week, which I'm sure you already have. But if you haven't, it's there. There you go. It was a good show last week. It was it was it was interesting to go across and see it's not nice. going on. It's worth it just for the Shawn Michaels Mankind match. It's a very good match. It's a very good match. So this week we are in October. October. October 1996, the 8th of October, I believe we are starting episode 181. We are climbing in those episodes. And this episode is pretty significant because from my memory, this is the first ECW episode we had in the UK. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I mean, there are about five episodes that were on Bravo. And um, I'm learning very quickly that there didn't seem to be any like real structure to the episodes we had. No, um, which I think we got, at the, we'd, we'd kind of worked out from watching them because they jumped and, you know, kind of were in the middle of nothing and then kind of disappeared. Which watching um, only like a couple of months ago was pretty much the format. Yes. So yeah, it's it was a it was a weird one. It was definitely a weird one. But yes, it there's a little bit of um, nostalgia with some of this. Yeah, uh, some of the I stuff mean, we're going to talk about. I want to say Bravo, 10 p.m. Yep. on a Wednesday, maybe feels right. Or a Thursday. It was one of them because obviously Fridays in the UK with the Friday Night Wars, we had Nitro and Raw the same time on Fridays. Yep. Before the days of. Sky Plus and recording and getting things live. So, yeah, I think this was a Wednesday, ECW, and we were realistically running about two years behind. <laughs> That's fair. Especially yep, considering got, this is 96. and We got five episodes from two years ago. Yeah, you, you're kind of watching, you know, all this other stuff, and then this happened. But um, anyway, the show starts off with Stevie and... 
to the ring as the public enemy. Um, they go on to do an impression of the public enemy and stuff. And this is what reminded me of this being the episode. Because I remember seeing these two as the public enemy, hearing about the name of public enemy, but not really knowing who the public enemy were. So sort of looking and thinking, I'm sure they're not the people I've seen in the magazine, but yeah. the public enemy, they're talking to the public and just completely not getting the joke. No. And he's just um, like... And holy shit, were there some jokes? Because they went in <laughs> on the public enemy. I mean, yeah. I mean, they touched on actually being sober for once. and Which is a, a bold joke to make in the ECW locker room at that time and you know we'll we'll reference that a little bit later when one of the public enemy tribute act is in a title match um yeah (laughs) and the thing is we kind of um we've touched on a lot of people have left some potentially used ecw Yep. yep it just feels very strange there's this Big hatred towards the public enemy. Especially as they haven't, they're not really achieving a great deal in WCW. I think think WCW, the only success was a title reign, which lasted about three days or something. I think they won it on Saturday night or something and then lost it on Nitro. Or there there was some really bizarre, or they won at the pay per view. There was something where they literally held the title for about three days, and I think that was their only title reign. Yeah, I mean, uh, was, I'm sure it's something like that. If 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 this is about all the days that they held the title or whatever, I don't know. But it's just it seems to be sudden and out of nowhere. I don't understand why they suddenly have this just desire to bury, like week and week, the public. Unless, unless there was interviews and and hotlines where they were. You know, trying to edge a position Slag in other off. companies yeah, by slagging maybe. off ECW about it's finally nice to be at the big time and be at real venues with real rest. I don't know. You don't know, but that's anything I can think that this was like a retaliation. It just seems very weird. I I do think that you know historically the 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 reputation seems to be that uh, everyone loved Flyboy Rocco Rock and everyone disliked Johnny Grunge. Um, so I don't know whether Johnny Grunge has gone into business and said something here, um, because 90% of the jokes are, his, are, are at Johnny Grunge's expense. Massively. Um, you know, him, him being sober for a change, uh, meaning not being fat enough to be Johnny Grunge. Um, yeah, just... Yeah, it was an attack. Um, they got the impression down. Oh, mini, all that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite fun to watch the um, crowd do the cabbage patch once again. Yeah, it's it's it was good. Um, and basically, they just got serious at the end and called out the gangsters, which I thought was quite good. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't particularly suit them, but it was good. And the gangsters came down and kicked the crap out of them until the eliminators interfered and. Sort of cleaned house, really. Yes. That was that. It was that. It was not good. bad. Not a bad start to the show. Uh, Michael Whitbread versus JT Smith. This matches everything you could hope for and more. So this is this is Mikey Whitbread versus the family. Oh yeah. Um, so you've got all of 
Damien Stone's gang in there now. Yep. Because Mikey Whipwreck's in this blood feud with Damien Stone now, of who course. hates him because he's a little punk who's never done anything. Triple Clown winner. Um, <laughs> and so has pulled all these people together. You know, if you remember, he pulled out Paul, the giant Paul Oreo cookie a little while ago. Oh, yeah. Um, so they they're, they're just look as if they're completely trying to redo the Jason story with Damien Stone. He can't be far off returning, surely. Damien Kane? Damien Kane. Damien Kane. Because Damien Stone is little Guido. Oh, yeah. Remember that? You so, know, um... yeah, it was, oh, it, it, it was Mikey Whipwreck versus the world. Yeah, as always. And it's just, um, again, it just felt very strange because, I don't know, I, I guess maybe it's because he's like such a fan favourite that it was a thing. But I just kind of didn't really feel like it was a thing. Yeah, but I mean, he's the underdog because now you're putting him against 15 people. You know, that's not, that's not the ultimate underdog. Anyone would be the underdog if you put them against 15 people. The well, Sandman Nitro's, was the underdog. Nitro's doing the same story with the NWO currently. Yeah. So, slightly different. So, you know how I have weird things that I pick up on these shows and just kind of annoy me throughout the shows for no apparent reason? Like, for instance, a few weeks ago, it was the loop when they fight into the crowd, around the crowd, up to the stage, on the stage, blah, blah, blah. Today's is um, more random, I I accept. But um, everyone wearing and wrestling in ECW T-shirts. Like the same ECW T-shirt bothers me. Yeah. So, you know, and also um, new talent wearing ECW T-shirt seems to be a, a thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's so we've got Damian Kane out here in leather trousers, an ECW T-shirt. Um, cool. Um, and we'll we'll kind of point this out as we go, but. There's a lot, and it's not. It's a look that for me was synonymous with Tommy Dreamer, and I didn't realize until watching these episodes back just how it was just what everyone wore. Yeah, a bit like again the NWO, isn't it? Yeah, see the comparables are there. They were a faction, not a company. Um, main event time, Tommy Dreamer versus the Sandman versus Brian Lee versus Stevie Richards in a Ultimate Jeopardy 1996 for the ECW World Heavyweight title. Yeah, so Sandman and Tommy Dreamer come out together. Which is beautiful. Because led to the ring by Bueller, who is wearing an ECW t-shirt. Of course. Um, Tommy Dreamer obviously is wearing his ECW t-shirt. Primetime Brian Lee is wearing his ECW t-shirt. Um, yep. So, yeah, lots, lots, lots going on. Um, yeah, and then they kind of brawl. So this is the Ultimate Jeopardy match. Yeah. I only picked up on 
three of the Ultimate Jeopardies. I don't know what primetime Brian Lee had put up as his Ultimate Jeopardy. Yeah. Is that a guess? I no, I don't. It is a guess. Is I, I can't think of anything else he's got. Well, yeah. All right. So that's 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 a fair point. So the Ultimate Jeopardy is that if Sandman loses, he gets caned ten times. Uh, which again. doesn't feel like an ultimate jeopardy, bearing in mind we see that every single week and he knows sells them anyway, so it doesn't matter. If Stevie loses, he loses the heavyweight championship on behalf of Raven. That's an ultimate jeopardy. I'll, under, I'll take that. It's an awkward situation, yeah. Um, if Tommy Dreamer loses, then Beulah McGillicutty is no longer allowed in ECW. Yep. I mean, she doesn't get involved in his matches. She's not been of huge help to him. And Surely she that's... should be leaving for maternity leave soon, isn't she? I think she's around for at least the rest did, of this or, year. Or did Shane out that as all a lie? Oh, no, yeah. Shane outed that all as a lie. I remember. The, I remember, the, I remember yeah. that was before the... Yeah. And that was fine. That was, that was, that was all fine. That's um... But, I mean, that sounds more like Bueller's ultimate jeopardy than Tommy's. Surely the ultimate jeopardy for Tommy would be that Tommy's not allowed in ECW anymore. Yep. Or that Bueller has to get into the ring with primetime Brian Lee or something. Yep. Um, so as ultimate jeopardies go, none of these are feeling very big. Apart from Stevie. Apart from Stevie. Um, which is interesting because, well, Sandman beat Stevie and become the WWE champion. So yeah, did pay the ultimate jet, the only one with an ultimate jeopardy, and did pay the ultimate jeopardy. Which is unfortunate. It was. Now, do you know the the background to this? Um, Raven signed up, messed up. Yeah, so Sandman drove Raven to rehab yeah. on the night of the show and then came back for the event. Um, oh. And luckily, they'd already played in the story previously in a few weeks ago, as we saw that, that Stevie could defend the title on Raven's behalf. So Raven, as we have this match, is being checked into a rehab because he was just so messed up. He's been um, there for a long time. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, it, it's a weird one. Um, and it's um, just makes, you know, the, the jokes that Minnie's making in the same evening about, you know, sobriety. Uh, just feel that a little bit more, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, overall, good episode. Yeah, it was all right. And, you know, by the twist of fate, whatever, you know, obviously the issues with Raven leading to whatever, it's a nice twist of the story. Whether it's always going to be this or whatever, it was nice that Stevie lost the belt. So it kind of added new dimensions to all that because Salmon got it back, which people yes. were clamoring for, but Raven wasn't defeated. Very clever. Yep, doesn't change the storyline he's got the belt but you know still missing out on his family exactly so it was a good little um 
And on there, it takes us to the 15th of October 1996, episode 182. We start off an interview with Laurie Follington, who is in a bad way and could have joined Raven in rehab. <laughs> yeah, um, and we'll see more of her later scratching at her arms, which was a bit this is, bizarre. The problem about this is, again, this falls into one of those let's cut over live but it's clearly a cut section kind of segments. Yep. And it just, I don't know. And again, um, not every single person in ECW is dynamite with a live mic in the hand. Yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah, wasn't too bad. So um, the, the highlights of this were that um, she claims that Raven has, has left, not ECW, not wrestling, but his life. So apparently Raven's dead. Um, and then um, claims that uh, Raven has taken uh, Tyler with him. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, and that's that. That is that. Find out. Next week, I think. Um, Taz versus Johnny Smith in the ultimate submissions match. Obviously, last time we saw it, they played into this match where Taz defeated him, but he was injured, therefore couldn't do his tour of Japan despite the respect angle, so wished to have an ultimate submission match to get his revenge. A decent match again. These two work pretty well together, but Taz once again picked up the win. Who can stop the path of rage? Maybe it's a hurricane. Um References the Taz references on the mic afterwards because you know we're shooting, brother. Um, uh, Johnny Smith's uh, relationship to British Bulldog, yeah, which Joey Styles claims that you know they weren't going to reference because it was nothing, to, it, it made no difference. Um, and as we know from my history lesson on Johnny Smith a little while ago, so a, a work relationship that he was uh, brought in, um, as his uh family member um, in Stampede. Yep. New British Bulldogs. Which mm. Dynamite, wasn't it? British Bruisers or something? Yeah. That was it. Um, yes, yeah, so that happened. We then got the Eliminators versus the Samoa Gangster Party. <sighs> Match didn't yes, do a great deal did. for me. Um, I think, yeah, Samoa Gangster Party have sort of run their life a bit in ECW. I don't know, they just they they sort of came in and I think because they've lost a few, they're sort of a bit stagnant in their ways. It's not necessarily their fault, it just happens. They shouldn't have come straight in with the gangsters. They should have been Yeah. There's, there's I understand nothing... why they did it, but they lost too many times. Yeah, there's nothing to them. There's there's Apart no one car park bit where they beat him up. I don't think they really got any so yeah, they've no, the gangsters. They, they got no heat, they got no hmm. you know I I don't I know I've said a thousand times, but I don't think that the name helps. They could have been anything, but, you know, the gangster party against the gangsters is all a little bit too... It's from the wild Samoans or yeah, anything. Anything, yeah. Yeah. Um, the head the shrinkers. No. <laughs> the um, family. <laughs> Bloodline. Oh, no, that's... Oh. Um, so, yeah, it was... It was yeah, yeah, fine. Eliminators won. But then went to Shane Douglas versus Pitbull 2 for the ECW 
world television title. Uh, the match itself, not too shabby, but the story and the main talking point is the end. This is the infamous um, where Pitbull 1 gets in the ring with his halo on and Shane Douglas begins to shake him with said halo and throws him to the floor, causing all kinds of carnage. Iconic. Iconic moment. Um, yeah. I've seen this a million times. I've never seen it in context. I've never seen the full clip. Um, and I think this it's one on of... Bravo. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I have seen sure. it. But, or an, um, episode, an episode later where it clipped it. I can't remember. Yeah, and it, it might, might be again clips. just because be of out of yeah. nowhere and didn't get the... But, um, uh, you know, absolutely brilliant uh, through and through. Um, my favourite parts on this were the sound that Joey Styles makes yeah. when... Shane Douglas grabs the halo is a real, a very real and emotional kind of like, kind of sound in a whole kind of like shit. Um, which for me just, you know, made it so much better. Um, it's, it's one of the only uh, points where the locker room emptying made sense. The the fact that Shane Douglas running to through the back trying to escape after doing this heinous thing and everyone trying to get in him and he's running past the likes of Taz and some of the heels and the eliminators who are out there who haven't run to the ring to to save you know the pit bulls because why the fuck would they um, yeah. you know and they're going to go oh go keep going keep going and, you know I thought that was great because it's not the entire locker room pulling out to keep two people apart. Um, and then Joel Gertner insisting on announcing that Shane Douglas is still the world television champion, uh, whilst the ring is filled with people trying to make sure he's all right and whether he's rebroken his neck and blah 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 was absolutely insanely brilliant. However, Todd Gordon being faster than everyone else in the locker room bothers me. Todd better, Gordon. Um, I say better work with um, Gertner than it was with Alfonso, though. Todd Gordon punching uh, and hitting Shane Douglas yeah. didn't do it for me. Um, no. Shane Douglas hitting him and him not just crumpling. I know he sold it, but he didn't go down. He didn't crumple. He just kind of bent over slightly and covered his face. Um, it's just wiped a bit of blood away from his lip and looked back <laughs> and uh, then punching Joel Gertner I don't yeah. need to see Todd Gordon in another physical angle and no, everything there the last one. you know the, the, per- the person who's come down and physically got revenge on Shane Douglas for breaking Pitbull One's neck is Todd Gordon yeah how Toddy and uh, yeah, just, just no reason for him to be physically involved in it. And it annoys me how front and center he is on these things and how physically involved he is. And I know that we used to talk a lot about ECW influencing everyone. Um, but that authority figure involved in everything, you know, physically involved in, in matches and stuff, 
at this stage. Yeah, at this stage, I I think ECW did it first. And I don't, I'm not hugely grateful for the, I mean, I suppose we get, you know, Stone Cold and and Mr. McMahon out of this, but. Yeah, because I suppose at the moment, you've got to think realistically, Vince and Stone Cold's not happening currently. Um, No, it's Vince and, it's uh, Stone Cold and Brett. Yep, so it's away from that. And Brett isn't even angry with Vince yet. So Vince is still on commentary, wouldn't he? He is. He is. So they're only just. So the brawl we watched last week with JR yeah. snapping means that they're only just getting to the point where they're acknowledging on camera that Vince is actually the owner and not just a commentator. Yeah, because he's still doing commentary in 97 when he see W turn up on Raw. Yeah. So we got that. Obviously, Bischoff is doing commentary on Nitro, I don't think he's been acknowledged as an NWO member yet. It hasn't come for a little bit of time because they're only fresh bash of the beach only happened, what, about two shows ago? So yep. that's proper fresh still. Um, so, yeah, no, he's, he's again, it's there. Um, it takes to the end of the show, which then takes us to the 22nd of October 1996, episode 183. We get highlights of Shane Douglas shaking the Halo Pitbull 1 from last week. We then dive into a match with two Cold Scorpio versus Chris Jericho. And I loved this match. I thought it was very good. So just before that, we have um, Joey Styles refusing to interview the Sam, uh, Shane Douglas. Um, he's not going to give him airtime. He's not going to give him a thing. You know, he's a professional. He's blah, blah, blah. But he refuses to interview Shane Douglas. Yep. And then they go to the match. Uh, yeah, I mean, Scorpio versus um, Jericho was, was, was a decent old match, wasn't it? It felt like Jericho had um, massively grown. I mean, again, we, we've touched on it. In real world, Jericho is in WCW at this point. You know, yep. if, you, if you check it out, I think he's um, not long had matches with um, Benoit, Arn Anderson, and a couple of others. So he's heavily involved over there. So this, I'm guessing, would have been a pre-tape at some point, unless he was finishing off dates, which would be weird. Yeah, so it must be kind of the the yeah from the old show because um, yeah. uh, he's, Harry- of- he's done the Harry he's done the Harry he's done the Harry and um, skipped escaped ECW for uh, WCW. So I don't know if they're doing here like they did with Brian Pillman, where even though these people have left, they're kind of always trying to show old content to save face to a point. Yeah, they're like no, they're still here, they're still on our show as well. They're just wrestling everywhere. Like Brian Pillman, they suddenly were showing random promos of him, even though he's already in, like was in WWE. So I don't know if it was a whole for people that were watching to be like, no, not at all. No one's left us. They're on both shows. Yeah, then... or just just using the footage because you know his his stock is rising. So why wouldn't you? Yeah, but like again, like I said that's more of a. Bill more burn finish on a social media thing. But um, yeah, uh, good match. Scorpio wins. And yeah. With a shooting star press. Shooting star press, I know. Decent. Um, yeah, a really good match throughout. You know, nice and technical. Um, best part of 20 minutes, like 19 minutes, 57 seconds. Um, yeah. So, you know, really strong um, uh, showing from both people. Yeah, 22nd of October 1996. Go watch it. Um, promo by Shane Douglas with Francine. Guy is just a massive 
dick heel and I respect it. So they're in the car park of the hospital. Shane is in a wheelchair saying it's not so bad. You know, you can turn left, you can turn right. And, you know, when, you, when you're out, I'll, I'll even race you. Um, uh, Francine with uh, a ridiculous 90s joke of um, what's the toughest art, what's the toughest part of eating a vegetable is eating the wheelchair um, just you know that kind of would never even get anywhere near TV partly because it's not funny um, nowadays um, and, and Shane Douglas kind of talking through and, and you know talking through uh, that everyone said that Shane Douglas couldn't get extreme and wasn't extreme enough for ECW and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and suddenly he's too extreme. You know, he's the guy that's broken the necks. He's the guy that's done this. He, suddenly he's too extreme for ECW. Um, and uh, you can, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of things that you can do in a wheelchair. One thing you can't do in a wheelchair is Francine. One thing you can't do is Francine. Um, which was a weird line, but you know it's kind of worked for who they were. Um, That's what I'm saying. Everything they just said was just sort of dicky comments. So I don't know whether this was so. Joel Gertner interviewed introduced this because um, Joey Styles refused to do his job. Blah blah blah. Um, I don't know whether this is the first time that Francine is introduced as the head cheerleader. Oh, good shout! But uh, yeah. Yeah, no, very. Um, they looked very smug with themselves, and it looked like we're going to, you know, go home and share a bottle of wine, open a bottle of white Zinfandel or something, and enjoy their evening. Dude, we think the gangsters versus the eliminators for the ECW World Tag Team Titles. This was kind of fucking nuts. It was nuts. It was nuts, and the ending was nuts as well after the match, and it was just everything was just. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, after it is probably one of the most insane moves I think that I've, I've seen, and even my description of writing it down just it's just bizarre. Right? So the match is is what they've done and what you'd expect. They they smash yeah. each other, they destroy each other, they kick each other through stuff. It's kind of your random obvious match. Um, the gangsters with the music continually playing used to irritate me slightly. The moment we got into the ECW tapes where it had been dubbed, it annoyed me even more. And I remember the network, there been an awful dub once yeah. of um, when it was New Jack versus Rhino. We could hardly watch it because it was so bad. And whilst this music dub is nowhere near as bad as what was on the DVDs, um, it's still hard going. Yeah, and it does take me out of the match a little bit for just this continual loop, which luckily then dies down, so you don't have it for the entire match. Um, mm. But yeah, it's uh, going to be rough with New Jack in the future, though. Yeah, but gangsters pick up the win after the usual uh, carnage. Yeah, but yeah, um, the main bit is after the match, the Eliminators attack them again, hit a couple of total eliminations, as you'd imagine. But then comes a crazy spot where they proceed to balance a table on top of the top turnbuckle and then balance a ladder 
on top of the table. Then Perry Saturn proceeds to climb the ladder to go to the top of the ladder on top of the table, on top of the turnbuckle and launch himself off it. And I just thought, absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, I was very impressed with the tables, bearing in mind we've seen them collapse under far less uh, weight than this. Um, that been horrendous. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, buffet, yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a very impressive, um, it was a very impressive <coughs> spot. I mean, he, you know, he, he did it twice. They, they, they did it to both of the, the gangsters. Yeah, um, 100%. And it was a very, very impressive spot. Uh, I, I don't quite understand why it happened. Because they'd lost. So they can. Yeah, and I think that's my, my issue with it is, you know, they continue to this whole kind of, and then we'll get them the heat back. And it just means yeah, well, these things never really end. Yeah, but it's what we said, though. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, obviously, this has been sort of simmering as a feud, but their main feud now, I'd say, is probably Dr. Death and Old Gordy. And that's absolutely. Sort of, and and, and that you would know, be better. I know, don't get me wrong, he does a crazy spot in that match, but stuff like this would be better for that if that's your money match. But, um, yeah, speaking of money matches. After that, we then got highlights, really quick highlights of Bam Bam Big Lovo versus Terry Gordy. Bam Bam versus Bam Bam. Bam 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 Bam. Um, a match that very much had my attention, and I kind of wish that we could have saw, but it was just wasn't a thing. Yeah, so Bam Bam's involvement, sorry, Bam Bam Bigelow's involvement um, in ECW. Uh, is is very confusing at the moment because he's he's showing up for for shows. He's obviously on some specials and whatever else, but he's not sticking around for anything particular. So they're they're kind of focusing on him and and giving him a bit of a push, whilst he doesn't seem to really be with them. It's kind of similar to what they were doing with Mike Awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just a bit weird. I'd be interested to know what his um, status was at the moment, where he's left WWE, where he's just part of a talent exchange. Because obviously this is when they're working together currently. Because yeah. people like Baracus and that turn up at some point. I don't know when this relationship and, uh, ends. Furness and Lafon are in. Yeah, like you're saying. So I don't know sort of how this relationship sort of goes on when it starts, finishes, and um, all the other bits. But yeah, so that match happens. Then get highlights of Brian Lee chokeslamming Tommy Dreamer through a billion tables. Um, it has a spot that happened last week. We've got to mention it. Well, on the previous episode that we just covered, then the Ultimate Jeopardy match, wouldn't it? Yep. So yeah, that's a, a fun spot. Got a million and one promos. Um, so the, some of the promos of note were um, Fonzie with. Hurricane Josephine, I think it was. I thought it was funny. Um, just running around and getting like soaked, and then the the camera getting splashed uh, by a huge wave. Um, Tommy Dreamer doing the uh, emo uh, on top of a big bridge kind of thing, 
chatting shit and then doing the the, the crucifix pose. It's just like, come back me. with like a weird kind of line, then do the pose, and then come back again, do another weird line, then do the pose again. Yeah, so it's things like um, I'm not scared to die. Yeah, I, but I, I'm not, I, but I'm not going to jump off this building. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little scared of heights, but dying—that's a completely different thing. Well, then why are you scared of heights? Isn't one of the main reasons people are scared of heights is falling and dying? That's the thing. You're not scared of being high. You're scared of falling. It's the whole thing, isn't it? To your you're death not... or to yeah. So there were all these kind of weird kind of him trying to be emo and deep and, and Bueller just looks bored in the background. Um, so, yeah, it just... He, the Tommy Dreamer character doesn't quite land with me um, at the moment. Um, and this is yeah. Laurie so Flinton me... scratching her arm and a few other bits. Yeah, let me get the Terry Gordy, Dr. Death, uh, the primary you've been waiting for, then simply just say... Do our talking in the ring. Duck and Gordy. Duck and Gordy. Um, two promos back to back of my least favorite fake laughers in ECW currently. So we had uh, a very good promo from the Eliminators talking about how there's nothing in between us now. Duck and Gordy. Um, and then Cronus does his fake laugh. Um, and then uh, New Jack cuts a decent promo and Mustafa does his fake laugh. Um, and I just, I, again, you know, we've, we've talked about people being too similar. You've got two teams where you've got one guy cutting a very intense promo about violence. Um, and that's followed up by their tag team partner staring into the camera and doing a fake giggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the end of the show. Which then took us to an extremely packed episode 184 on the 29th of October 1996 um, it kicks off again with Dreamer and Brian Lee yes so this scaffold was their um, scaffold match from High Incident I think that the event's called yeah I think this um, is where um, the Eliminators took on the Miracle Violence Connection this yeah. same event so I don't know, maybe it's worth trying to hunt down somewhere. I don't think it exists. I don't think it's on the network yet, so we will have to look to see if there's elsewhere. Hmm. Um, although the network has just put up a load. Did you see that the network's put up a load more super shows? No. So, um, like the, the, the some of the 94 and 95 specials, ECW specials, oh. have gone on to the network. So if you want to go back and relive Gangster's Paradise or some of those ones, then they are all available. Very nice. We've already covered matches, so we're not going to. No. So, um, yeah, they showed the incident of that. And then Joe Styles in the ring, throws out a little bit of sort of digs at WWE signing. Mark Henry. A nearly Olympian kind of, and then WCW signing a sort of silver medalist silver Olympian and they bring out Kurt Angle 
And this is really kind of bizarre because it just felt like a massive segment to get Taz over again. So, I mean, it's it's the sloppiest blowjob to Kurt Angle that you'll ever watch anywhere. Um, you know, you've got Styles who just kind of like, you know, just talks about how just incredible he is. Um then you've got uh, Nunzio who comes in and talks about how big an influence he is and how proud you know how proud he is to shake his hand and hopes to impress him. And then you have Taz come out who hates everyone um, and the only person in the world who respects is Kurt Angle, strangely. Yeah. Um, and then they go into commentary for this shoot fight match. And again, you know, just someone having a conversation with with. Cut angle over some of this before I mean, going on would be nice. I mean, well, I, mean, I would have been tempted to just record this over as just Joey doing commentary and lose Kurt Angle. It's like, how's he supposed to get out? Okay, you can break um, break holes by grabbing the ropes. Okay. So what's 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 the rules for this one? And uh, how? I mean, it, it felt a little like Art Bar in the the. Um, is it the King of the Ring, the famous Art Bar show? How big's yeah. this guy? How big's this guy? Um, yeah, it, it's just very... Um, oh, you can tell by the way they're looking at each other. There's a lot of respect between these two. No, no, Taz doesn't respect anyone whatsoever. Apart from you, sir. Yeah. Apart from that, he doesn't respect anyone at all, ever. Oh, okay. Sometimes Johnny Smith. But apart from oh. that and, and, and you, sir... Yeah. Oh, um, there's a nice throw. You can tell he's got he's got um, a bit of thing about him. Oh, we've got loads of decorated athletes here in ECW. That's a judo hold. Yes, it is. Good eye. I mean, it, it's it's the weirdest thing because it's the it's this huge pitch for um, Kurt Angle to be part of ECW, and you know he had offers from WCW and he had offers from WWF, but he's here. Um, and it's very sad knowing what happens. Well, yeah. That you know, the, they obviously thought this was in the bag, and then then he doesn't sign with them because of the um, crucifixion and crucifixion bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just very very strange uh, the setup and how it works. Oh, massively. So, yeah, Taz ends up winning, grabs the mic, basically he's been calling out Sabu for a year, and his patience is running out. Keep that patient, because it's still about six months before the pay-per-view. Yep. So, I thought that was pretty interesting again. We then get Shane Douglas versus Cody Michaels for the ECW World Television title. Um, I thought there would have been more of a Shawn Michaels kind of digs here. Yeah, I was expecting. When I saw Cody Michaels, I thought he'd almost going to name him. Like, yep. something like that. But for tonight, your name's Shawn. Yeah, so that um, didn't that happen. shocked me a bit. Didn't happen at all. Was, and I thought Shane gave him potentially too much, too much as well. Yep. Absolutely. Cody Michaels kind of yeah but Shane ended up 
winning. Pitbull two came chased him round for ages. Yeah, now again twice. So Pitbull two manages to run out of the crowd, out of the locker room. Um, first time they catch up with him a little bit quicker, so they manage to hold him back before he hits the ring. Second time he's managed to give them all the slip. Um, they've all taken him back to the dressing room, sat him down. And he's gone. It's all right. I'm cool. I'm over it. I don't want to go out there. It's all fine. You just go about your business. They've gone back into catering. They've gone back into getting ready. They've, you know, they've taken their mind off of it and he's seen his opportunity and taken it, uh, which is why he's managed to get past everyone and out and to the ring before anyone else has kind of gone, Oh shit, he's gone. Let's go. Um, sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just felt a little bit while chasing around the franchise, the franchise pulls, um, Francine in the way. But he bumps into Francine, doesn't he? Knocks her yeah. down. And then, yeah. So Pitbull 2 um, seems to um, uh, seems to um, tease hitting her with a move. Yep. It's like he was so enraged he didn't notice that she was there. Then once she was on the floor, he didn't sort of notice that Francine was there. That's just sort of the... And it had this whole sort of like, well, maybe I'll sort of do something to you instead and break your neck, for example. Yeah. So, yeah. And he got held back and Shane kind of awkwardly tried to hit it with the title and not a really lot came from it. Yeah, I mean, they're all just standing in the ring, kind of, you know, I, I don't know whether they broke out into an impromptu book club or what, but they're just all kind of milling around without anything actually happening. Yeah, as always. Yeah. Um, we then got to the returning Chris Candido, who we only saw last week. On yep, Raw. with... Um, Tom Pritchard. Yeah, so the Body Donners were obviously on Raw last week. And, um, yeah, I guess he must have asked for his release straight away. <laughs> or was part of the exchange or whatever. But, um, yeah, he was against um, a debuting Spike Dudley. Uh, decent performance. Candido, I thought, came across like a superstar. Yep. I felt like he, he got a lot in. He looked strong. The end of this match um, was basically like a super powerbomb off the top, which was just phenomenal. Yeah, it was very, very good. Um, Spike Dudley without any of the Dudley family with him. Yeah. Which I thought was very weird, especially for a debuting Dudley. I can only think they did that to protect Candido. So he probably thought Candido would get more in if he's by himself, maybe. I don't know. You, you could have sign guy there with him. You could have someone just sitting around yeah, doing... not not um, Bubba and Big Dick. Yeah. yeah. True. True. Candido picks up the win. Candido grabs the mic, basically saying he liked his time in the WWE. Um, Vince was good but, for him. Yeah, Vince was good for him, but he wanted to come back to ECW. He wrestled in the first show in the arena, and now he's back. Fine, so, decent, was nice. It, well, it was weird because, so it started off about, you know, he references wife still being out on the road and all the rest of it, and 
Vince being very good for him. He's got nothing but positive things to say about Vince. Slags off the WWE locker room. Um, and gets himself over with the ECW crowd by slagging them off and talking about, you know, being back in the bingo hall and all the rest of it. And then makes some sort of comment about, well, basically kind of turns heel, uh, flicks the crowd off and walks away. And I don't think the crowd really kind of got that he, he cut a heel promo on them at the end. Um, So it just all kind of was a little bit weird. Yeah, massively. I just think week one you can't really do hill promos. You've got the, you know the. I mean, yeah, you've got the you've well, got the. Well, welcome back. The nostalgia pop, but it's more yeah. like the welcome back pop. So he was kind of like loved in that sense. That would have been hard, but um, yeah, he looks good, and I'm interested to see um, sort of where he goes. Spike just goes on as what Spike will be, I guess, for time for a little period of time. It's a human yeah. bumping machine until. He gets his rhythm. We then get the Sandman versus Two Cold Scorpio for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. This just felt a bit like a nothing match to me, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so this is um, the story of this is that they are the bestest of friends, um, have been for ages, um, and uh, a bromance, if you will. Um, yeah, it didn't, didn't quite feel like the, the mega powers exploding. And um, it's awkward because. He's the international number one contender. Um, and therefore, this is the match that they have to have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a, it, there's a nice little kind of tweak to it of, uh, you know, poor Sandman, you know, he's lost his wife, he's lost his son. Now he's having to fight his best friend. Yeah. So that was, that was quite nicely done. Um, but yeah, then they fought. Yeah, it did fine. Um, it was it was too cold. Trying to wrestle, not trying to get into the brawl that the Sandman would would excel in. It was yeah. Sandman happy to go along with that because he didn't want to hurt his friend. Too cold, snapped, grabbed a chair. Uh, Sandman grabbed a cane. Um, you know what else did you expect him to? Um, then they put those down, hugged. Because it's a bromance. Um, too cold, then low blowed him, and then they fought even more. And then Sam and one with the DDT. Yeah. Attained that title. Then Raven burst out and attacked him. So, uh, yeah, so Sam wins with the DDT, celebrating in ring, and Tyler appears in the ring oh, dressed cool. as his dad. So, this is the big, you know, reunion that we've been waiting for and building for and it's amazing and he drops to his knees and they hug and it's lovely and then raven runs in and beats him up beats him up and And tyler doesn't quite know his cue to do the raven pose so he kind of sort of does it as he wanders off um yeah and then raven i was gonna say this one where he put him to the crucifix thing in real world but obviously it's not shown or at least not in this week's yeah, true. I don't know if they ever show it. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I, so I, the reason, one of the reasons why it wasn't shown in this week's was because Kurt Angle was on it because apparently yeah. he threatened to sue the life out of every single person in there if he was seen on TV with, with that. that. 
Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we will on TV. I think we would have to watch High Incident when it becomes available. Yeah, I mean, decent all round show. I thought. Uh, I, I enjoyed the four weeks. I enjoyed the the, the all of them overall. It's a nice balance. It wasn't, like I said, they're, they're going for a theme where they sort of give you angles surrounded by a fairly meaty match, and I don't mind that. And there's a good variance between the the blood and guts and some know, technical matches, matches like yeah. versus eliminators, and some technical stuff like Scorpio and um, Jericho. Which is what was what we said we were struggling with. Yeah, you know, when you're having a bunch of blood feuds, even though they're not even feuds, it kind of there's a bit of a disconnect, especially obviously with the with way the formulaic got... nature of them. <laughs> yeah, and the way people are slightly more educated now to how this carnage isn't super beneficial. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, I think we we kind of knew that at the time, but now there's there's like science to back up why. Yeah, and yeah, so it's just so. It's just nice to sort of you, you appreciate the wars more, but it's not the only thing you see. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's um, it was good, but all in all, decent four weeks. Really enjoyed it. We go marching on. Like I said, it won't be long before they'll be back in WWE again. I think it's February they turn up on Raw, which means around February March must be barely legal. Yeah, so we are pure months away to their first ever pay-per-view which is fucking exciting because this is the dance <laughs> so we are believe well on our me way. <laughs> so we're well on our way to the world of extreme and yeah so we've got um the old funker to come back in first yep we've got a funkin legend turning up soon your mother's a whore Hurtling towards... Feels good. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> episode 200. So it means halfway through the journey. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Which will it's also good. obviously be the next Rushmore. It will be the next Rushmore, which we might have to do a, an anniversary special Mount Rushmore of the first 200 episodes. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there because it gives. we need to think about that. Might be something we do. It's worth um, it's worth a little something. Something to think about, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if you've enjoyed, you can follow us on social media, Twitter or Instagram at underscore Sports Arena. That is us. We post stuff. We talk about stuff. Uh, current products, old products from '96. We just talk wrestling. A little bit of wrestling figures as well. We're into it. Oh, that is us. Also, go to zazzle.co.uk or .com. Simply search Sports Arena. Check out our merchandise if you so desire and purchase if you wish to continue that desire. Like, rate, uh, subscribe, share, all of it. Yes. Spread the love. Join the, the rebirth of the extreme revolution. Yes. An engaging a... community of wrestling. Yeah, I was trying to find like a, a witty kind of you know, relive the revolution. Relive the revolution. There you go. That works. Yeah. Relive the revolution with us. The revolution has been networkized. Oh, we've got a new tagline now. It's going to be, uh, write it down, someone. <laughs> Send it to me. 
Tweet at um, us at underscore sports arena. He did there. Uh, yeah, thank you. And see you all next week for more Extreme Rewind. Bye. Bye.